Would you turn with me to two openings this morning? We're looking at 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter, the second chapter, and Malachi, the third chapter. 1 Peter 2. We've been talking for some weeks now, I guess this is our fifth uh, lesson on this subject. We're calling the offerings of the Lord, the offerings of the Lord. And our main text here is 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Or as the uh, Amplified says, like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. We are a priesthood. We are a spiritual house. We're God's house, right? And he is continuing to build his house. Every time you see lost folks, you ought to think building materials, right? (laughs) Because when the last living stones are sealed by the Holy Spirit into place, glory to God and the true tabernacle of God is completed then the Lord, this thing's going to wind up and the Lord's going to move in and fill us up with his glory forever. Hallelujah. Not just individually, but corporately as his house. Oh, won't it be grand. But right now, we're his house. And right now, we are holy priesthood. And uh, in order to know if we're a priesthood, we ought to know what priests do. Right? Right? And the only way you can know that is to go back. You know, the answer to Bible questions are in the Bible. Is that right? You might think that's too basic, but people miss that all the time. Well, I just don't understand. wonder what's the answer to that. Well, look in the Bible. The answer to Bible questions are in the Bible. And how do we understand the priesthood? Well, you go back to the Old Testament. You look in Leviticus and you look in uh, the scriptures that deal with the priesthood and what did the priests do? Well, a huge part of their service was in the offerings of the Lord. Now, there's a lot of different kind of offerings. I mean, there is the uh, whole burnt offering, there's the sin offering and the guilt offering and the peace offering, uh, numerous things and different levels of each one if you go back and study it. And um, though we're not in the old covenant, we're the new, how many understand that everything in the old typifies something in the new, right? And unless something in the old is modified by something in the new, it stands as it's written. For instance, thou shalt not steal. It's still good, right? Right? It hasn't been modified. Now, for instance, the sin offerings. You know, offering a bull, offering a sheep for your sin. 
that has been modified by the book of Hebrews. Right? And by the book of Romans, that since Jesus now has offered up his blood for our sin, there's no more animal sacrifice for sin. Elsewise, we ought to still be burning goats. Right? Is that right? So uh, we talked about that. The priesthood, and here it's in the passage right here, we're to offer up what? Spiritual sacrifices, Amplified brings out, that are holy, that are acceptable, that are pleasing to God. Do we still, in this new covenant, in this new testament, do we give offerings to God? Yeah, our very life is to be an offering to Him. Right? We're to present our bodies living sacrifices. Is that right? We're to offer up our praise. We're to offer up our thanks and our worship. And we're to bring material offerings. Do we still bring material offerings? I know I do. And I know a bunch of you do, right? So we're talking about all of these things in the offerings of the Lord. Now go back with me if you would to Malachi. We got into this uh, last week. And that was part one. This is part two of this particular thing. Malachi. Malachi is in the Old Testament. If you just back up a couple of pages from Matthew, you'll be there. And we'll read in the third chapter again. I'm reading in the NIV of verse uh, verse 6. First of all, I'll read to you. Malachi 3, 6. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? And I'll read the rest of it to you from the uh, NIV here. He says, verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? And he said, what? In tithes. And offerings. He said you're under a curse. The whole nation of you. Because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe. Into the storehouse. That there may be food. In my house. Test me in this. Says the Lord Almighty. That's one of the few places. You'll see that kind of phrase. Test me in this. Prove me. Now that's interesting isn't it. What does the Lord say? Check me on this. Right? On what? Tithing. And offering. He said, check me on it. Do it and see. See what? See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have room enough for it. Whoo! Makes me want to shout. Because <laughs> I'm a tither. Right? The problem with not believing in tithing is that you don't get the blessing. Right? I mean, if you don't believe in tithing, then how can you believe for the blessing of the tither? He said, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. How many want to be delivered from pests? Oh, yeah. 
and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty, then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Is there a blessing on the tither? There is a blessing of increase and a pouring out of blessings to the point that you don't have room to contain it. And then there is the blessing of protection that your stuff is not consumed by the devourer. You know, the devil is called the destroyer, isn't he? And I am convinced that no one successfully keeps the tithe. What do you mean, Brother Keith? (laughs) Well, I believe that if you do not tithe, that the tithe is holy. And if something is holy to the Lord and you keep it for yourself, it's a curse to you. Huh? How many remember Achan? He took of the dedicated thing. And he was cursed in his house. You know, Phyllis and I, riding back home after last Sunday, we talked about tithing. We talked about this a little bit. She said, you know, what you didn't say is when we were uh, not really tithing is about all our stuff that broke. And all our stuff that tore up. And all our stuff that, you know, we lost money. And man... The more you tie into the tithe and to the blessings and putting God first, you just don't have problems that other people have. You don't. Your stuff lasts so long and you just don't have all the breakdowns and tear ups. And You understand what I'm saying when I'm saying I don't believe people can successfully keep the tithe. I believe you'll lose that tenth. And moreover, because you're not protected from the devourer in problems and loss. But how many who are tithers, you can vouch for this, that you believe that that 90% blessed goes so much further, right, than the 100% cursed. (laughs) Well, he said you're cursed. Why? Because you've robbed me. Now, let me back up and talk some more about this. Uh, we had very few comments uh, from last Sunday about anything negative at all from the Internet or, or either way. Great. But I realized that there are some, especially as I'm going to get into some things today. And I realized that not everybody would necessarily agree with everything that we might say. Let me uh, read something to you. Are you still? No, you didn't hold your place. I didn't ask you to. But in First Peter, where you were, you don't have to turn back there. But let me just read this to you from First Peter 5. He said, uh, the elders which are among you, you can just listen. You don't have to turn. He said, uh, I exhort, I'm an elder. Peter was talking and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. Verse 2, he gives them a charge. This would be like pastors and overseers and leaders. Feed the flock of God. Is that our job? Yes. Feed the flock of what? God. Like Brother Hagin used to say, uh, is he talking about hot dogs and hamburgers? <laughs> no, he's t- what's he talking about? The Word of God. Yeah. 
Feed the flock of God, the word of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. What's our job as a leader? Feed the flock, right? With what? Nourish the flock up in the words of faith, not opinion, right? Not just personal experience, not just religious tradition, but the word of God that will cause us to grow, right? Bible said as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And then the Bible also talks about the strong meat of the word and then there's everything in between. But then he tells the leaders, he says, take the oversight of the flock willingly. Not because you have to, not because somebody's making you to. Take it willingly. And he said, don't do it for money. Right? How many understand? It should not be because of money. It shouldn't be for money. And he said, neither are you to be a lord over the flock. What does it mean to be a lord over the flock? Well, you try to tell everybody what to do about everything. Man, I know of churches where the pastors tried to tell uh, the men what kind of ties to wear and what kind of car to buy and tell their wives how to dress and how to wear their hair. Well, that's trying to be a lord over the flock, right? No, I believe it's wrong. For spiritual leaders to keep people dependent on them. To make all their decisions and to do everything. No, I believe we're supposed to be fed the word of God. And we're supposed to grow up. And learn God for ourselves, And know the word for ourselves, And to have our own prayer life. And to have our own faith. And know how to hear from God for ourselves. Amen. To the point that if your leader gets off. You know it, right? And you know it in the Word why it's wrong, and you know it in your spirit why it's wrong, and you don't follow a misguided leader off a cliff. How many believe that? Absolutely. And you need to. If Brother Keith ever comes in here and comes up with something wild and off the wall, and you can't, and I didn't give you any scripture for it, you all need to stand up and go. Where's the scripture, Brother Keith? I'm serious. You, you should. You should go, where's the scripture, Brother Keith? You didn't give us any scripture. Where's the scripture? Are y'all with me now? But all, you know, as your leader, what I can do, what I should do, and am endeavoring to do, is to give you the light that I have from the Word of God. Right? And to set an example. Is that right? And tell you this is what I see in the word. This is what we're doing. Right? And that's all a man or woman can do. Now, if somebody else tells me, well, Brother Keith, I just don't see tithing in the word. I just don't see it. Well, if you don't and you're walking in the light that you have, I respect that. Did you hear me? Got no desire to argue with anybody or try to make anybody do anything. I respect that. 
But just make sure it's not about the money. Did you get that now? Make sure it's about the word. Not about the money. Can you say amen? Amen. Is that all right? So we got into this last week. We talked about tithing and we shared with you numerous scriptures. And if you weren't here and you didn't hear it, it would help you to get the tape or the CD. We saw that Abraham was a tither. Jacob was a tither long before the law. We saw Jesus talked about tithing in Matthew and Luke. We saw tithing in the seventh chapter of Hebrews in detail. These are all New Testament passages. And we saw basically that Jesus said, you should tithe. These very words he said in Luke. uh, Well, it was Luke 20 and then Luke 11.42 is where I'm talking about. Luke 11.42. But we asked the question last week, and I want to get into it now. And this is like the uh, million dollar question. Where should the tithe go? That's the big one, isn't it? (laughs) Anybody interested in this? Where should the tithe go? Well, in talking about these things, you have only a few things that you base what you do on as a Christian. People, if you look at this, so many people base what they do in these areas on church tradition, not scripture. Church tradition or on somebody's opinion. It should be based on the word. And in the word you have clear direction, what the Lord tells you to do. And then you also have scriptural precedent. Anybody know what I mean by that? Precedent. Precedent just means that which has gone before. And people say so many times, well, brother, I don't believe in tithing. In this new covenant, I believe that was all Old Testament, which we've already shown uh, Matthew, Luke, Romans, and Hebrews are all in the New Testament. We established. So we don't agree with that, but if you say, we're not going to fuss with you about it. But uh, people say, I just believe you ought to be led. I completely agree that you should be led. Further we'll go, I think you'll see that. But if somebody says... I just believe in being led, and they say the Spirit of God is leading them to consistently put less than 10% of their increase into the kingdom of God. I don't believe that. Did you hear me? That we, under this new and better covenant, put less into the kingdom than they did under the old covenant. I just don't believe that. Right? That's where I'm at. I believe that in the New Testament, my understanding is, there are three main things that cover everything. I like things simple, don't you? Number one is, as a Christian, how do you please God and do the will of God? Number one is you walk in love. Every prayer ought to be in love. Everything you say and do ought to be in love. Every response should be in love. Every offering. Everything you give and do should be in love. Not trying to buy something, not trying to pay for something. We've said it before, the chief expression of love is giving. Right? And when you're full of love, you're full of God. 
God's a giver. God so loved the world that he gave. Number two, in order to be a believer who pleases God and does the will of God, you must walk in faith. Right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you can't write a check big enough to just throw it in the plate and impress God. It's got to have some faith with it. Right? It's got to come from your heart. It's got to be done in faith in this new co- I'm talking about the New Testament now. Number three, and this covers a lot of areas here. The answer to a million and one questions in life is <laughs> be led. <laughs> be led by the Spirit of God. Right? Tell me those three things again now in the New Testament. Three main things here. Walk in love. What else? Walk in faith. What else? Be led by the Spirit. I think you'll find that pretty much covers everything. And how many know it's a full-time job? All day and all night, walking in love, walking in faith, being led by the Spirit. But that covers it. And so anything that we look at from any portion of the Bible or any verse we try to apply, you must apply it in the light of these three things. How many would agree with that? Any verse of Scripture that you're going to try to apply from any portion of the Bible, you must walk in it in the light of love, in the light of faith, in the light of being led by the Spirit. But having said that, let's look at the scriptural precedent. This is not man's opinion and theory. The scriptural precedent, because who inspired the Old Testament? The Holy Spirit. So has he changed? Does he change? He's God. He doesn't change. So when he leads you in the New Testament, is it going to be in line? In the tenor of Scripture? In line with what everything he's already said. Unless he modified it some way in the New Testament. It's going to be in line with everything he said. Genesis to Revelation. And so. Look at this text here. In Malachi 3. You see a lot in this 10th verse. Malachi 3.10. Bring ye all the tithes. Where? Into the storehouse. That's where. And then the next phrase says why. Why? That there may be meat or food. Or we could just say provision. In my house. In whose house? God's house. Remember we talked about Jesus said. Render to Caesar or the governments. The things that are Caesar's. And to God the things that are God's. There is money that the government says. The IRS says. That's our money. And is there any money that's God's? That God says is his. Well we saw in Leviticus. Why don't you turn over there and look at it again please. Leviticus. 27. Can you take some scripture this morning? I'd like to really get into quite a bit of scripture. Leviticus 27. We read this, but I want us to read it again because in seeking the Lord about this in some years past, the Lord specifically answered a question I asked him with this verse. 
In Leviticus 27, verse 30, he says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. I asked the Lord some years ago, I said, well, now, Lord, who does the tithe belong to? And he brought me to this verse. He said, the tithe is mine. Who gets the tithe? Who does the tithe belong to? Now, people say, well, the church. No, the Lord. And this is not the same thing. See, there are whole denominations who have replaced the Lord with the church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we've talked about this before, but I'm telling you, so much of what happens in religious Christianity is horizontal. It's all men to men. And their whole denominations where the church has basically told the people, we are the Lord. We are God. The church is God. Hmm? It's a fact that this has happened. You can't understand the Bible. We'll tell you what it says. You don't know what to do with your money. We'll tell you what to do with it. Right? And just change things. No scripture for it because the church is God in the earth and the church can do that. I don't agree with that. I don't believe that. The Lord is the Lord. We are his body. Right? But we're not, you know, we don't stand up and say, we're the Lord. We're his body. Part of his body. So who does the tithe belong to? I'm going to go over that really slow again now. Who does the tithe belong to? Said out loud, the tithe is the Lord's. Now what is a tithe? Tenth. Ten percent of your increase. The tenth is the Lord's. The tenth belongs to the Lord. Now we said uh, last Sunday, you got to get this settled. If it's his, it's not yours. If it's yours, it's not his. This is a big deal. Getting this settled is one of the biggest deals on the whole subject. If it's his, then it is not yours to do with as you see fit. It is not yours to borrow from him and spend on something and try to pay him back later. None of that stuff to give it to him if you want to and you don't if you want. No, if it's his, it's his. And for you to take it and do something else with it, he calls it robbing him. Right? And we, Phyllis and I, you know, like I told you, in years past, early on, we played with this. First of all, didn't tithe at all. I mean, I grew up in church. And it just wasn't emphasized. People put nickels and dimes and quarters and dollars in the offering plate. And it was just kind of a something you did when the plate passed. I don't believe in that. The offerings of the Lord are holy. Yeah. Amen. And we went through numerous things already seeing that you're not supposed to bring something broke. You're not supposed to bring just token stuff. It's supposed to mean something to you. 
supposed to have value to you, right? You hold it up before the Lord. But say it out loud one more time. The tithe is the Lord's. It's his. If it's his, it's not yours. But now, go back, if you would, to Numbers. One of the first places that you see instructions about the tithe. And like we said, we believe the Holy Spirit's going to lead us in line with what he's already said. He doesn't change. We're looking at scriptural instruction and we're looking at scriptural precedent. And we're to take all of this in light of love, faith, and being led. Numbers 18, are you there? This whole passage is the Lord talking to Aaron and his sons and Levi and his brethren. And they were charged to do all the service of the tabernacle. Aaron and his sons were priests. And the Levites, they were charged with hauling all of the instruments of the tabernacle and setting up of the tabernacle and taking it down. How many believe that all these manual things are important? And they're not just natural things, they're spiritual. Right? The Levites were looked up to. They were regarded as holy. They were respected and they were supported. Everybody who, who vacuumed this carpet, everybody who cleaned off a seat, everybody who did anything in the things of the Lord, this is comparable to the work of the Levites. And it is important. It is holy. It is not to be considered small. He said concerning them in verse uh, Eight, he says, I've given you the charge of my heave offerings of all the hallowed things of the children of Israel. Unto you have I given them by reason of the anointing. By reason of what? The anointing. This shall be yours of the most holy things reserved from fire. Every oblation of theirs, every meat offering of theirs, every sin offering of theirs, every trespass offering of theirs. He goes on to say, verse 11, this is yours. And he mentions the list. Verse 12, all the best of the oil, the best of the wine, the first fruits of them, whatever's first ripe in the land. Verse 14, everything devoted in Israel shall be yours. He goes on. (laughs) You begin to get the picture. They were extremely well paid. And what determined who did this, he said it was determined not just by somebody's uh, election, it was by the anointing. How do we know somebody's in a ministry? Fivefold or helps. It's by the anointing that qualifies them for that. No amount of school, did you hear me, will qualify you for that? Now you should study. People electing you won't qualify you. Only the anointing qualifies you for these things. Can you say amen? Amen. Now skip on down. Verse 24. The tithe. 
tithes. The what? Tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Verse 25, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Thus speak to the Levites and say, When you take of the children of Israel the tithes, which I've given you from them for their inheritance, then you'll offer up a heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. Verse 28 Uh, You'll offer of all your tithes which you receive. You'll give the Lord's heave offering to Aaron the priest. In other words, the tithes went to the Levites and then they tithed off the tithes to Aaron and his sons. Now to me this answers forever the issue, should preachers tithe? Huh? I mean, he gave them specific instructions Tithes were coming to them, and then he said, you are to tithe of the tithes to Aaron and his sons, the priesthood. Bring that to the house of God there. So we see instruction and precedent here. Let's go over to another place. Deuteronomy. It begins here in the 12th chapter. I don't know that we'll take time to... uh, To read all of this. Let's skip on down to the 14th chapter. For time's sake. Now. We're talking about a scriptural. Precedent. And instruction. One thing we see. Let's talk about what we know. All the tithe. Bring it into the storehouse. So that there may be meat or provision in my house. We know that's right. And we see here all the tithes were given to the Levites. And then they tithed off of that to the priests. And that's just part of it. We hadn't talked about all the other offerings they got. You saw the list, didn't you? I mean, it was amazing. They must have been very, very wealthy. Don't get concerned. Because I'm not going to tell you that all the tithes are supposed to come to us. Everybody just relax. But do we see scriptural precedent for tithes going to ministers? We do. Now here in Deuteronomy 14, 22. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your seed that the field brings forth year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place which he shall choose. To place his name there. Now if I had time to uh, to read it. You'll see that phrase. I don't know how many times. In the place where he shall choose. You see that numerous times. In connection with the tithe. The tithe of your corn. Your wine. Your oil. The firstlings. Now notice this. They got to eat their tithe. In the place he chose for them to put it. Well you know. That's happening right now. Right? A lot of you have put tithes into this church and you eat here. Do you see that? And one of the central purposes to bring all the tithes into the house is that there may be meat or food 
in my house and in this spiritual New Testament, the emphasis is not on the natural, it's on the spiritual food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the Lord feeds us here. I get fed here. Right? If anything good comes through me or or Phyllis or whoever, you know, uh, we shouldn't try to take credit for it. You can't figure out and come up with this kind of thing on your words and truth that comes right through and goes into your heart and feeds your spirit and clears your mind of junk. That's not man's words. That's God's words. That's the anointing. How many glad we got a place where we can come together? Well, one big reason why this place is here and will continue to be here is the tithes of the Lord. Right? And other places. Now keep on reading. Verse uh, 27. And the Levite that is within your gates. Now who's the Levite? Now the Levite, now there were Levites that studied and knew the word and, and did things, but the Levites were not just preachers. They were workers. Right? But they were workers in the holy things. They literally hauled stuff. It was the tabernacle. They packed it up. And they carried it, and they unpacked it, and they set it up, and they took the ashes out. They kept the fires burning, right? This is not preaching. I don't think there's been enough emphasis on the so-called natural side of, of church and ministry. So many people, when they think of ministry, they think of preaching and praying and prophesying. And I'm up here preaching and teaching this morning. But do you know how much labor has already gone on before you see my face this morning? Hmm? How much? I mean, people are working on the electrical and they're working on the sound and, and they're cleaning and they're working out in the parking lot. And is that insignificant? Is that that much less important than anything that happens in the service? Because if that hadn't happened, this wouldn't happen. Right? And see, people divide it and they say, well, you know, that's just kind of the lesser things. I don't believe God sees it that way. He sees it the same. It's the same. I want us to get our minds renewed to this. Right? And that's all the more reason why everybody in the church ought to be doing something. Right? In the ministry of the Lord. In the work of the Lord. Now get this, verse 28. At the end of three years, you shall bring forth all the tithe of your increase. The same year and lay it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no part in inheritance with you, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow which are within your gates shall come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. Now here we see somebody besides the Levites being blessed with tithes. Right? Who? Who? Stranger, 
Uh, other translations say alien. It just means somebody who is displaced from another place and they're new and they're looking for their place. And the implication is they don't have the uh, resources. They're still getting uh, moved in and getting a job and trying to find a place. They need something financially and help. Fatherless and widow, same idea. Not necessarily talking about a widow that's a multimillionaire, right? But somebody that because of not having a husband is experiencing hardship. Because of not having a father, the children are not adequately clothed or fed. We see tithes going to that. Are you with me? Is that right? So let's go over our list we've already seen. God's house. Levites. Right? What else? Strangers. Fatherless. Widows. You could group them up into one group of what? People experiencing hardship. Is that right? Hardship. The poor, you could say. So go right on over to Deuteronomy again, the 26th chapter, and you'll see a second confirmation of this very thing. Deuteronomy 26. Now the first part of this chapter deals with first fruits. Then it deals with tithes. And like I said, I used to consider them to be the same. No longer do I consider them to be the same. I got more light. And if I get more light next year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll get more light too. But if I get more light next year and see that something I thought was not completely right, I'll come in front of you. I'll repent. I'll tell you. I thought this, but it was wrong. How many understand what I said before? You can only walk in the light that you have. Right? And the Apostle Paul said, we know in part. What does that mean? There's parts you don't know. Well, would that affect how you live and what you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I said, if you say, well, Brother Keith, I just don't see it. Well, if you really just don't see it, but you're walking in all the light you have, I respect that. And if you say, well, I'm, I don't tithe, we love you. Yeah. If God's joined you to us, you can be a part of us. You can be a part of the Faith Life family, tithe or no tithe. Amen. Right? right? But just make sure it's not about the money. Right? right? If that's the light that you have. Great, just make sure it's not about the money, but it's walking in light. Now, uh, Deuteronomy 26, are you there? He said, verse 10, he's talking about set the first fruits, and that was the first and best of what came in on your crops, and you take it and set it before the Lord your God, and worship before the Lord your God, uh, worship is involved in it. You rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. And see, that thought leads him into the next, which has to do with the tithe. Are we supposed to rejoice when we tithe? Why? Well, why have we got a tithe? We had some increase, right? And see, to me, tithing is honoring God. It's acknowledging Where my blessing came from. Where my increase came from. 
And we ought to rejoice. We ought not come in sad and dragging our feet. Man, we ought to bring our tithe and offering in before the Lord and can hardly wait till offering time. Right? And then we pop up. We've heard all these testimonies of how God has blessed everybody. And we pop up and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Right? And you heard us say this before saying, Lord, you're my source. Everything I need comes from you. Right? This came from you. And I bring this gladly because there's a lot more where this came from. He's my source. And you're acknowledging that and you're honoring that when you tithe. Verse 12, are you there? Deuteronomy 26, 12. When you've made an end of what? Tithing all the tithes of your increase the third year, which is the year of tithing. Now back up uh, to 14 again. I want you to notice a contrast because you see this. This is actually, to my knowledge, in the scripture three times about this third year. Deuteronomy 14, 22, notice again. 14, 22, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your seed that the field brings forth what? Year by year. So you're supposed to bring the tithe every year. But then, before the chapter's over, verse 28, he says at the end of what? Three years, you lay it up in your gates. And then he specifies about the stranger and the fatherless and the widow within your gates. Now read this again, verse 12, 26-12, Deuteronomy 26-12. He said, when you've made an end of tithing all the tithes of your increase the third year. Now, Amos 4, 4, don't turn there, but it says, bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. So that's another place in the Bible, three times about the three years. The year of tithing and have given it unto the Levite, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow, that they may eat within your gates and be filled. Can tithing go to the poor? Can tithes, I should say. Well, how do I know what part of the tithe goes where? Who does the tithe belong to? It's the Lord's. Then where in these areas should the tithe go and what portion and when? Whatever he says. I said, whatever he says. Now, I know that some people don't agree with that. Like I said, we can only walk in the light we have. But some people say, no, 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 no. Even some friends of mine, preachers, and I love them. I hope they love me after this. (laughs) But they said, no, no, no. Now, all the tithe has to come to the local church. And I say, why? I say, based on what? Are you with me now? And uh, people might say, well, Brother Keith, that could mean you're getting less money. I don't believe it. (laughs) 
I'm going to show you something in a minute that will really stir you up. But if everybody began to tithe and put half of their tithe into the local church, we'd have more money than we've ever looked at to do the work of God in the church. So no. But again, we have church tradition or we have scripture, right? Scripture instruction, scripture precedent. And this must be looked at in the light of what? Walking in love, walking in faith, being led by the Spirit. Now, under this thing of, well, no, you have to bring all your tithes to the local church and the leadership here will determine where it should go. Well, that's not you being led. That's not you hearing from God. Did you hear me? Now, when you put tithes into this local church, it goes to the Levites. It goes to the poor. Did you hear me? It goes to provide food for this house. Right? And spiritual food in this house and in these services. And I don't think the Spirit of God would lead somebody to go to church in a place and get fed and be supported and taken care of for years and they don't put anything into that church. They're sending all of their tithes and offerings somewhere else. That's not right either. Right? Certainly, you should support your local church. Certainly. How much? Well, who does the tithe belong to? It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to you. Right? You should put it where he directs you to put it. Now, I don't believe he's going to direct you to buy yourself a new car with it. Did you hear me? Or buy your kids some new clothes. Mm -mm. No, no, no. Keep reading here because you see some more of the blessing of the tithe. Deuteronomy 26, verse 12, he said you bring it and you give it to who? The Levite. And who else? Stranger, fatherless, widow, which would be the poor. That they may eat within your gates and be filled. It's about needs being met, isn't it? Then you'll say before the Lord your God, I have brought away the hallowed things out of my house. Where were they? Out of my house. Now hold your place here and go over to the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 16. Now this is New Testament. And this is instruction to the church. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. This is not a one-time instruction or even to one church. He did this to numerous churches. He said, do it like this. 
Upon the first, and actually the word days added by the translators, upon the first of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. And if you look up that word, it, the emphasis is by himself. Let him lay it by himself. In store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come, or as one translation said, that we don't have to try to come up with all of it when I come or put it all together. That's why I practice this. That's why you've heard me say it again and again. God account. God account. Right? If you get paid every week, then you do it when you get paid. If you get paid every two weeks, then you do it. If you're selling things or when you make a sale and you have increase, then you take the tithe plus your offering. Now add an offering even if it's 1%. Right? Don't be technical and legalistic about the tithe. It's possible to get your calculator and figure the tenth to the penny and do it legalistically and not even be blessed and not even please God. So, you know, with our church right now, we're at 15%. We're not quite three years old. We're 15%. So we know we got the tithe. That's the tenth. Plus, we got a 5% offering. Right? And you gave them the offering today. Well, they'll count it. And tomorrow, they'll take that 15% right off the top. And it does not go in the checking account of the church. It goes in God's account for the church. Did you hear me now? And that happens every week. Every week. That happens in our ministry, More Life Ministries, that we've had for years before we got here. That happens with Keith and Phyllis Moore. Got account. We lay by us in store. Are you with me now? And that's the Lord's. So we got tithes in there and we got offerings in there. Now come back to Deuteronomy 26, please. He said, when you brought forth the tithing. Now, I will say this. Somebody said, what about the third year? Well, you've got tradition. You've got Jewish tradition. You've got church tradition. You've got any numbers of tradition. But again, I believe that we should walk this in the light we have, in the light of what? Love, faith, being led by the Spirit. I can see here emphasis on sowing to the ministry and to the poor. And you might say, well, what about if we're just piling up tithes in there and the Lord didn't tell me to uh, put it anywhere? I don't think it ought to sit in that account over three years. Maximum. Did you hear me? If it just sits there and sits there, you're not listening to God. Because there are things that should be supported now. Right? But nor does that mean you have to empty it out every other week either. Did you hear me? It's the Lord's money. And see, the thing is, people so oftentimes they get in situations where they're in these meetings and they're in these situations. Here comes this project and they go, oh man, I'd like to get in on that, but I just don't have anything. Why don't you have anything? 
You don't wait till something comes up and you say, I wish I had some money. No, if it's going in that account every week, every time you get paid, it's accruing, it's accumulating. And then when the Lord shows you to do something, you got it. There's been several times when the Lord dealt with me, I was in a meeting somewhere, something came up, and, and here's a missionary believing for something, or, or here's somebody, you know, and you think, man, yeah, 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 I want to do that. I'd like to put 50000 into that. And sometimes I have to call back home and go, do I have that much in the account right now? Because I knew it somewhere. Oh, yeah, we got, oh, glory to God. <laughs> well, see, it accumulates over a period of time, right? You, if you're doing it consistently. Everybody say consistently. Consistently. Tithes and offerings. I know that some people don't agree with what I'm saying. About you, well, no, you're just supposed to bring it to the church. Well, I want you to grow up. I want you to hear from God for yourself. I want you to know his voice. I believe that's one of the outstanding things about New Testament and New Covenant. In fact, let's just flip over there to Hebrews real quickly. I, I love this verse of Scripture. Hebrews 8, he's quoting from Jeremiah. Hebrews 8.10, are you there? He said, this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. I'll be to them a God. They'll be to me a people. Now get this, the next verse. And they shall not teach Every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. They'll all know me. This is a central part of this new covenant. That you don't just have to come and look at me blank eyed and go, what do I do? You tell us what to do. You're our leader. Tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. Walk in love. Walk in faith. And be led every day. I know sometimes, I've had people got aggravated with me about this. I know what he's going to say. He's going to say, be led. Exactly. And you might as well get over it. Because that's not just what I said. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons, that is the maturing ones, the ones growing up. We're not supposed to be helpless babies, our whole existence, dependent on somebody else to tell us what to do. The youngest child of God can begin hearing from God right away. You grow in it. That's why we're here to help each other. But after somebody's been walking in the, with the Lord for years and, and being fed uh, on the Word and growing in some things, and they come to you with, well, what should I do? You need to begin to wean them off of you. Amen. You say, well, what do you got in your heart? Yeah. Well, what's the Lord telling you? Well, I don't know. Well, you need to know. Yeah. It's not okay to just bump along through life and don't know. Because there's so many things, that's the only way you're going to get it is from Him. Directly. The most spiritual people that are around you. I don't care how spiritual they are. I don't care how much they know God. He's not going to tell them everything about you. Purposely, He doesn't want to. He wants them to come to Him. Directly. And under this new covenant, we can. 
Oh, it's wonderful. We can. We don't have to go through somebody else. Under the Old Testament, that's as close as they could get. Was to the priest. Oh, but under this new covenant, there's one God. And there is one, not two, not a dozen, one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Just one. I can. You can. Somebody got saved yesterday can. Come right into the presence of the almighty creator of heavens and earth. And be received for yourself. And hear from God. I'll have it no other way in this church. You must hear from God for yourself. You, you must grow up. We're here to feed you. Not run your life. Here to be an example. Right? Not lord it over you. Big difference. Go to Nehemiah please. For time's sake. Let's just go on over to Nehemiah. This describes... People that had gotten away from God, backslid as we say, and then under the leadership of Nehemiah, they got back to God. And we've said this before, in the book of Malachi you see this, when people get cold, when they get carnal, that's one of the first things that goes is the giving. It's just a fact. But uh, when people get close to God, they get full of the Spirit. Get loving God with all their hearts and they get loving each other, the pocketbooks open and the money flows. It's just a fact. How many remember the book of Acts? They all got filled with the Holy Ghost and what did it say? Oh man, they were selling stuff and bringing it into the church, lands and properties and houses. They were giving to each other every day. The Bible said there was not any among them that lacked, nobody. Because of the free heartedness and all the giving that was going on. This is a church full of the Holy Ghost. How about us? Should we be any less? We're part of the same church. We got the same Holy Ghost. Same love. Nehemiah. The. uh, Let's see. See if I can abbreviate this. The 10th chapter the 12th chapter and the 13th chapters, if you want to read all of that, there's a lot in here about tithing. You know, they had a special offering every year where everybody gave a certain amount just for the maintenance of the house of God. This was completely separate from tithes and first fruits and any of those things. It was just a maintenance for the house of God (laughs) offering. I think we should get back to the Bible, don't you? We may have a house of God offering sometime. Anyway, they brought in, the people got back to God and they brought in the first fruits and they brought in the tithes. And verse 37 of chapter 10, they said that the Levites might have the tithes. We see the Levites again and again. Verse 38, Aaron will be with the Levites when the Levites take the tithes. They'll bring the tithe of the tithes. They're tithing off the tithes. To the house of God, to the chambers, to the treasure house. For the children of Israel, verse 39, and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the corn, new wine, oil into the chambers where the vessels of the sanctuary, the priests that minister, the porters, the singers. We will not forsake the house of our God. Tithes support 
the house of God. Now, if you skip down to the 12th chapter. And the 44th verses. At that time were some appointed over the chambers for the treasures, for the offerings, for the first fruits, and for the tithes. See, these are all different things. They're not the same thing. To gather to them out of the field to the cities the portions of the law for the priests and Levites. For Judah rejoiced for the priests and for the Levites that waited. They got excited about supporting their ministers. And both the singers and porters kept the ward of their God and the ward of purification. The singers were taken care of and they had full time singers and players that sang Every morning and every evening. Did you hear me? That's all they did. How many believe we ought to have lots of singers? And lots of players. And the finest garments and the finest instruments. And bless them too. In the days of David and Asaph of old, there were chief of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. And all Israel in the days of Zerubbabel and in the days of Nehemiah gave the portions of the singers and the porters. Now the porters were ushers, doormen, ushers. Every day his portion. And they sanctified the holy things. Now skip on down to the 13th chapter. The 5th verse. The middle of it says, the tithes of the corn, the new wine, the oil, which were commanded to be given to the Levites and who? Singers and who? Porters and offerings of the priest. These are tithes. Well, Brother Keith, if I feel like the Lord leads me to send part of my tithe... To uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries or Kenneth Hagen Ministries or Oral Roberts Ministries or Jerry Savelle Ministries, should I? It's his tithe. It's the Lord's tithe. Are you with me? Well, Brother Keith, if the Lord directs me to send part of the tithe to some poor folk that I see, people that are hurting, fatherless, widows, uh, would that be all right? Do you have scripture precedent for it? Would it be love? Would it be faith? And if the Spirit led you. Right? Well, Brother Keith, what if I feel like the Lord led me to give some tithes to one of the ushers? Or one of the singers? Or one of the players? Or one of the staff members? Or any of the ministers? Do you have precedent for it? Yes, you do. If you're led now, the IRS does not care, or I should say they don't like for you to designate money in the offering to go to an individual. So, you don't. You just give it to them. And you don't get a tax receipt. But they get more benefit out of it that way. They do in every way. Back then, they didn't get any tax benefits. When this was written, that was not, didn't enter into it. How many understand it should never be about the money? Right? 
What should it be? Love. About love? Faith. About faith? Be about being led? Right. Is this okay? Yes. You say, well, I, I just don't see it that way. Well, walk in the light you have. Yeah, right. Fine. We love you. Love us. Hallelujah. Right? Amen. But see to it that it's not based on something else other than your light of the word. Now keep reading here. And all the singers and ushers said, Amen. Amen. (laughs) And greeters, book store workers, children's workers, parking lot, and on and on. Cleaners, did I say cleaners? Cleaners. Would not all of these things be likened unto the Levites of old that are doing the labor? Huh? Certainly. So we have precedent. And again, the answer to a million and one questions is be led. In 13, in verse 10. He said, I perceived on this occasion that the portions of the Levites had not been given to them. And the Levites and the singers had been given to them that did the work. And so they were fled every one to his field. The people had quit tithing. You can see that plainly in verse 12 there. They had quit tithing. So these people didn't have enough to eat and enough to maintain their family. And so they had to leave the house of God and were working in the fields. Does that please God? How many churches is that so in this country today? You got all kind of pastors and associates that are working job and two and three and pastoring. And the congregation brags about it. Well, our little pastor, you can tell a lot by those words right there. We got a good little preacher. And you know, he don't even take a salary. He's not too good to work. It had never been about being too good. It's about doing the work of the Lord. And I don't care who you are. There's no way you can hold down two jobs and have the kind of anointing and revelation that you're supposed to have when you step into the pulpit. God will help you. He'll meet you where you are. But you're spending too much of yourself in other directions. Besides, it's just not right. The people are supposed to be taking care of their ministers. Did you hear me? I mean, Nehemiah, he got on them, brother. Nehemiah come to town. He said, what? What? And he was the governor. So when he said, what? (laughs) Everybody jumped. And I mean, he called the leaders and he said, where are the Levites? Where's the singers? What do you mean they didn't have enough to eat? They had to go get a job. What do you mean? Where's the tithe? How many churches today do not have adequate resources? Hadn't fulfilled vision God's given them 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Waiting on the money. Where's God's money yet? Well, we know part of it is the tithe. Verse 11. Then I contended with them. 
with the rulers. I said, why is the house of God forsaken? I gathered them together and set them in their place. Boy, he straightened them out. (laughs) Then brought all Judah, the tithe. I mean, the whole bunch snapped and they brought and uh, people were taken care of again. Now go with me in closing to 2 Chronicles. And let me pose a question to you. What if all the people of God began to tithe? Second Chronicles 31. Now while you're turning there, let me elaborate just a little bit further on this. Can I send part of my tithe somewhere other than the local church? Because I know that's a big deal to some folks. And like I said, if you don't agree, we can just all still smile and be happy. But you've got to watch. That the pastor says, oh, no, no, no. It all has to come here. That can sound self-serving. Amen. Or the traveling minister says, uh-uh, part of it can come to us. <laughs> well, that can sound self-serving. Yes. I'm both. I've done both. So I'm covered either way. (laughs) But that's got nothing to do with it either. This is the light I have. This is what I can see in the Word. This is what we do. This is how we practice. You need to be led for yourself. But the first big step is just if you tithe. And I understand this takes this out of the realm of you and the church. This is you tithing before the Lord. This is between you and the Lord. You set up your God account. You tithe. That's your business. I don't know what you're making. I don't know what's supposed to go in that account. And I'm not going to ask. That's between you and the Lord. But millions are not doing this. Millions. They're not doing it. And people, so many people do it under the guise of, well, I'm just going to be led. And they use that as an excuse to do nothing. Did you hear me? People do that with working in the church. There's been people before that we've asked, you know, would you help us on this? You volunteered, you want to help with something? How about helping on this? Well, I'm not led for that. I'm not led. And wind up doing nothing. Well, the thing is, they don't know God very well. They're not being led. They're not listening. Did you hear me? But people use that, i got to be led to do nothing. And so year after year goes, or year after year, be honest with yourself. Get your stuff down. Look at it. What percent of your income did you put into the kingdom of God? And a lot of folk are just going to have to admit, 2%. 1%. Well, if you're happy with that, and your heart is satisfied... I'm not going to bug you about it, but I'm not happy with that. Did you hear me? I got a better covenant than they had, right? I know God for myself. I can hear God for myself. I want to go 10, 20, 30, 40. I'm believing God in my life for him to have at least 51%. That's ownership. Huh? That's where Phyllis and I are headed. We're not there yet. 
I was talking to a minister just the other day, and he told me about a fellow he knew, was a very wealthy man, and he said to man, this was his words, he said, we reverse tithe. He said, huh? He said, God gets 90, and we live on 10. I says, whew, I couldn't make it on 10. On his 10%? How many know 10% of 100 million a year? You can live good on Right? Yeah. But see, you can't wait. Well, boy, if I was there, I'd do it. No, you wouldn't. You would do with a hundred million exactly what you're doing a hundred with a hundred. Exactly, the Bible says it. If you're faithful with the little, you'd be faithful with much. If you don't tithe off a hundred dollars, you wouldn't tithe off a million either. Jesus said so. So it's between you and the Lord. But what if everybody began to tithe? We've got a picture of it right here. Second Chronicles 31. In the days of Hezekiah, you know, as the leader, so the people. The leader was stirred up about God and loved God King Hezekiah. And as a result, the whole nation followed him in. Daddy, if you tithe, Mama, if you tithe and you teach it and you talk it, your kids will tithe. And they'll teach tithing to their children after them. Right? If you don't, don't think that you know, it's like uh, telling kids, you know, don't, don't, don't smoke now, it's bad for your health. And they're smoking a cigarette. Now don't drink, it's bad for you, you know. Don't watch that, but you're watching it. Yeah, but I'm an adult. What are they going to do? They'll do what they have to do while they're under you. But as soon as they can get away, they're going to do what you do. Because they figure you must think it's the greatest thing to do. You have to do it. It's got to be something to do. Everything produces after its own kind. Are you in Second Chronicles? What if everybody began to tithe? Verse 2. Hezekiah appointed the courses for the priest. And the Levites after their courses. Every man according to his service. The priests, the Levites for burnt offerings and peace offerings to minister. To give thanks and to praise in the gates of the tents of the Lord. He appointed the king's portion for his substance for the burnt offerings. And it goes on. Verse 4. He commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priest. Well, (laughs) he commanded them. He's the king. He said, I said tithe. And so they did. And the Levites, that they might be what? Oh, did you get this? The tithes came in for the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. I don't know how many times. I don't mean once or twice. I don't mean 10 or 20 times. That I have uh, come in from meetings. Maybe tired. Believing for everything I knew to believe for. And I got in and the office calls and says, we got in a $50,000 check today. I instantly feel better. (laughs) Now you laugh at me, but what about you? Huh? Something like that comes in for you? You're going to tell me that you go, oh yeah. Makes no difference to me. Because I'm spiritual and I walk with the Lord. Well, where did this come from? 
It encourages you. Did you hear me? It encourages you. Y'all gave us, Phyllis and I, that double honor offering. What was it, last May or whatever it was? You know what? All those kind of things. You know what that makes me want to do? It makes me want to preach more. (laughs) Study more. Pray more. Right? But see, on the opposite end, somebody's pastoring a little church. And they're barely struggling, food on their table, and people there don't act like they even care. Don't give, don't tithe. It's discouraging, isn't it? It's discouraging. This is too natural for some folks, but it's the Bible, right? When they got stirred up and under the leadership of the king, they begin to take care of their ministers and take care of the house of God. The Bible said it did what? They were encouraged, not just encouraged, but encouraged in the law of the Lord. They were encouraged to get back in the Word and to focus on the Word and to teach and preach the Word. Is there any connection between prosperity and giving and the encouragement of the ministry? It is. It is. And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance The first fruits of corn, wine, oil, honey, all the increase of the field and the tithe. See, they're not the same thing. The tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. And the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated to the Lord their God. And they laid them by heaps. The Hebrew literally says heaps, heaps, double heaps, heaps of heaps. Yeah, we'd say chunks, I suspect. Piles. So we're asking the question, and the Bible answered, what if everybody began to tithe and begin to give? Keep reading. In the third month, they begin to lay the foundation of the heaps. We're talking some serious piles. <laughs> These heaps had foundations. Right? <laughs> and they were built up from there. And they finished them in the seventh month. <laughs> this is what happens when everybody begins to tithe and give. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and they saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord. Were they encouraged? Was the king encouraged? And the Levites and the priests, were they all encouraged? They came out there and they saw those huge piles of resources. And how many understand, this is money, right? All this stuff is money in the currency of the day. They were Blessed, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. And Hezekiah questioned with the priest and the Levites concerning the heaps. They keep using that word, don't they? Heaps. You understand this is not a little three foot pile. They laid the foundation of it in the third month and topped it off four months later. It's this kind of pile. The king and the Levites and the leaders came out and went, whoo, 
Where did all this come from? I think everybody started tithing. Oh, glory to God. Hezekiah questioned the priests and Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we've had enough to eat and got plenty left, for the Lord has blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. Why couldn't this happen in this church? Why can't this happen in every church across America? Every ministry. Hmm? Glory to God. Stand on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.